This is a topic that will resonate with many entrepreneurs. What do you do when you hit breaking point? Perhaps you've lost a big customer or you don't have the cash to pay your staff. Maybe you're just exhausted after working long hours. When Melanie Blaine, founder of White Rabbit Skincare, found herself in crisis, she did something unusual. She captured her most vulnerable moments and shared them on Instagram. Today on Sound Advice, Entrepreneurs Unfiltered, she's going to talk about how a tearful plea on social media saved her business and how her challenger brand came back fighting. Welcome, Melanie. Thank you. Thank you so much for having me. I'm really excited to be here. I can't wait to hear about this story because I, I watched the video and I just thought I need to delve into this. I need to meet this woman. I need to find out about the preceding days and weeks uh, before you actually filmed that little Instagram video. So um, I want to start, though, uh, with the background to White Rabbit because um, you created this skincare line because some of the skincare products, the traditional ones out there, were aggravating your sensitive skin. Can you tell me a little bit about how you came to create this business? Yeah, certainly. And uh, also, I'll just introduce Jack. This is my cat that I was turning. <laughs> oh, yeah, Jack, you're welcome. You're welcome. Come enjoy the podcast. He forms a big part of the company. Um, so, yeah, so White Rabbit Skincare has been going for nine years. Um, it was actually just, it was literally about a month before when um, the ninth birthday when I put out that video. Um, so I had been at university studying history, of all things. And um, whilst I was there, I was diagnosed with stress-related psoriasis. And I had went to the doctor and, you know, um, I was I was told that there wasn't a cure for psoriasis. Um, there's different causes because it's an autoimmune skin condition, um, but mine is primarily um, stress-related. So um, when I found out there wasn't a, um, like a cure for it and, you know, you're prescribed like steroid creams and things, but you're told only use these for a few weeks at a time and me being me, I'm a bit of a like research geek. So I was like, why is that? Like, why would I want to use a, a product on my skin that's potentially not going to help me long term? Um, and, you know, it's it, it's not actually going to re- really help me individually. So I went away, I started using like really natural, simple ingredients that you can you can buy even from the supermarket. So things like coconut oil, shea butter. Um, and then I bought a make your own skincare book and I just thought, I'm just going to try, um, just as like a hobby, I'm going to try making products for myself. Um, so I started doing that and my tiny little, I wish I, I wish I had a photo of it actually. It was like, I can't eat, I'm not very good at measurements, but it's this tiny little galley kitchen of my flat, um, my, one of my previous flats. And, you know, I had, I was, had my pots and pans on, on the stove making things. <laughs> um, and it wasn't until, you know, friends and family started taking an interest in it and things that I thought maybe, maybe there's something here. Because um, I was really passionate about, I'm I'm vegan myself um, and I'm really passionate about like knowing like what's in products, what they're made of, making them as natural as possible. Um, and that sort of was was the beginning um it wasn't until i was let go from my very very last job i think it was it was just before christmas actually 2016 that i got into it like full time um and then i worked on white rabbit for a good couple of years and had many ups and downs but nothing quite like this year (laughs) um and actually up until so last year when things had started kind of quieting down, because we actually fared quite well over like COVID and, and lockdown and things, because I think people were at home, you know, they were shopping online 
Um, but it wasn't until maybe the end of, I would, I would like to say 20, well, maybe mid-2022, we started seeing a real slowdown in, in sales. And then 2023 was just the point where I actually thought, I think, I'm at rock bottom now. I, I don't know where to turn. And I literally felt like I'd exhausted like all my like resources. And when I put that video out, there wasn't any... I didn't set out to um, to put out that video. I was just literally at the end of my tether because in between times I'd actually started, I'd got like my personal trainer um, qualification and because I'm, I'm very passionate about health generally. Um, and I had been in doing my personal training. I had come out of the gym to a message from one of my other clients saying, you know, I think we need to stop like working together because she couldn't afford it and this, that and the next thing. I panicked. I thought there's, <laughs> you know, there's like nothing coming in for a white rabbit now my other potential income sources is, is going to stop as well like what am I actually going to do and I just at that point that it was a bit of a um, implosion done an explosion at the same time I just that's when it all came out and I, I never and genuinely in a million years thought that it would reach as many people as it had last time I checked the videos had over I think it's two million views um on Instagram and the opportunities and the people who have reached out to me since, like including yourselves, has just been incredible. And I, if you had said to me, kind of beginning of March, would I have envisioned myself here compared to what, where I was then? <laughs> I would not have, I wouldn't have believed it or I wouldn't have thought it was possible. But um, it, it just shows you what can happen, basically. So I want to delve into what exactly was the moment that you realised that you were in trouble. So was it an empty bank account? I want you to tell me about that. But I also just wanted to go into your background a little bit to show that most people who start businesses, they're not accountants and they're not leaving a job in the city to go and like create a business. They're doing something that starts as a passion and grow. So you don't have your MBA, you don't have your finance qualification. So 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 what was it that um, that was the kind of final straw? Um, oh god, um, em- empty bank account was one. Um, I had um, an overdue um, VAT return. It uh, might have been two actually, to be honest. Um, oh goodness, what else? Just it just felt like there was like debts were just snowballing. It was like one thing on top of the other. Um, uh, I'd got like letters in saying that my um, like the business um, overdraft facility was due up for review, um, and I, I and I just panicked because I thought if I don't have like that sort of like to fall back on, like what am I going to do? Um, I had asked like previously. I'd been very lucky that um, you know like family and friends and things that had like um, kind of given money to to support the business. But I've, I had exhausted those resources, so I didn't want to ask any more. And it was just sheer um, panic, sheer, I, I, I didn't know what else to do. I didn't, I just thought not enough people know about the business. That's that's why I put out the video and I asked for people to to share. Because I just thought, I, if I could just get, I just thought even like a couple of hundred people to, see, you know, find out about the business, they're around millions. Um it, it might do something but again there wasn't any agenda behind it there wasn't any um, motive um there have been a couple of comments from you know as as does happen online where people think that i had went out and you know i'd pre-planned it and it was all like fake and it was like fake crying and 
I'm just thinking, nobody wants to be seen ugly crying on the internet. And I have, <laughs> I have done it. <laughs> no, that um, was what struck me was how authentic it clearly was. Like there was just nothing. You weren't holding anything back. You were literally having a breakdown. Yes. And mm-hmm. just wanting to show, I think, like how people put their heart and soul into building these businesses and how just a few little, I mean, any business owner listening to that litany of pressures from the back returns <laughs> to the overdraft review, I mean, I can already feel like cold chill going down my spine. Anyone would totally um, understand how you must have just felt at, 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 the, at the brink at that point. Um, but can you tell people who haven't seen the video? Um, so what is it? What happens in this video? So... I, I basically, I'm sitting in my car outside the gym um, and I just, I'd get in the car and I couldn't face, I should have just driven home, but I couldn't face driving, you know, that way you just sit in your car and you just, you, you don't know what to do. Um, and it basically starts off where I say I didn't intend to make this video, which was true. I didn't intend to be sitting there in all my gym gear with no makeup on. Um, I wasn't crying at that point. <laughs> But um, as the video went through, um, basically I was explaining how um, the mountain pressures of things like the you know the the, the VAT bills, the because um, I had previously at this point we weren't making enough turnover in terms of a VAT threshold, but we had previously registered for VAT for a few different reasons. Like we were at one point we were at the threshold, and also some of our like bigger stockists that we were working with at the time required it. So, um, you know, I was talking about that. I was talking about how I feel like it's so frustrating that a lot of the bigger companies are doing a lot of like greenwashing. So they're making all these claims about what, particularly when it comes to, you know, like environmental claims or things like vegan, which has become very much mainstream, which is amazing. But at the same time, it used to be our USP as it was for a lot of businesses. And now it's not because vegan has become so expected. So I was saying, you know, we've been muscled out by all these bigger companies. Um, It's really, it can be really difficult and frustrating when it comes to the sort of social media and influencer marketing side of things. Because of course, like, well, they they have to make money as well. But a lot of influencers charge a huge amount of money to to talk about products so it can be difficult to get that sort of recognition or get people to talk about your 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 products or your brand um and just as I was talking more like the more and more upset I was getting because I think the reality of what was it was almost like I was giving myself a small therapy session I was talking and it was the reality of what was actually happening was coming out as I was like vocalizing it um and then I just said if people could, you know, comment, if they could share um, the video just just to try and get a bit more recognition for the brand. And that was that. I I put it together with some other clips of... Um, so at the moment in the business, it's myself and it's actually my mum that work together. So she, I make all the products and she packs the orders and things. So I'd put the video together with some clips of, you know, like us working together and the business over a certain amount of time. And I just uploaded it and I, I I came home. I was actually sitting here and I remember like all of a sudden because I've got the, um, it's uh, Shopify. So it's like when you get an order, it's like a little chime noise. And all of a sudden like this chiming was going on. And I was like, what is going on? And then people were messaging me going, I've just seen your video and I've just shared it. And 
of course, like family and friends were messaging, going, are you okay? I've just seen your video. And and it was one of those things where I was sitting here meant to be getting on. I could probably still find it somewhere, actually, like my to-do list for the day. And you can just see where I've just scrapped, like, any notion of doing anything that day. Because it was just... <laughs> It just went from like zero to a hundred so quickly. Um and just before I come on here actually, um my mum was asking how many orders we've had since so that was the thirtieth of March. So since then up till today we've had I think it was something like one thousand eight hundred and seventy six orders. Wow. Which when you consider literally up until that point there was some days I wasn't getting any orders at all um or the average was kind of like maybe like two or three a day or something like that um so to have that amount of orders and that amount of time has just been incredible um and the support I've had from people who you know they message and they go sorry my order isn't very big but I wanted to support you and I, I like it makes my heart, I could cry again because I'm like, it doesn't matter what your order size is. Like, you don't even need to order, just, you know, like being aware of the brand and like sharing the video and whatever else has just been incredible. Um, so it's it's been the most, you know, when they say a roller coaster in business, I can 100% <laughs> attest to that. That's what it's been. It's been, it's been mental. <laughs> But I mean, how did you how did you deal with the aftermath? Because then you've got the orders coming in, the ping, 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 ping. But then you've also got all these people messaging. So presumably it becomes almost a full time job just trying to respond to all the messages and stuff on social media. Um, so how did you deal with the kind of unintended consequences? Uh-huh. Well, funnily enough, um, firstly, I remember saying to one of my mentors a couple of months back that I had written on my vision board that I wanted to receive more orders than we could handle. And I can, <laughs> that's definitely happened now. Um, but it's been a it's been a humongous learning curve because as I say, we've went from zero to 100 in the space of a very short amount of time. So there have been a lot of, you know mistakes there's been a lot of things that I definitely want to improve there's been times where I've really struggled because in the meantime I actually had a lot of things happening in my personal life as well which isn't ideal when there's times where I've wanted to when you get really really horrible emails you want to email back and be like this 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 and this has happened I am trying my hardest um but I don't when you're a small business, when you are, you know, there's only two of us, you have to be a jack of all trades. You just have to manage everything. Um, and I, the way I've sort of not gotten around it, but what I'm trying to do is trying to be as accountable, be as open and honest and as I can and also keep the our customers and our, our followers up as up to date as possible so at the same time as getting all the orders our social media following grew from 10,000 on Instagram to I think we're now at 41,000 um which feels like a huge responsibility as well because again there's that added like accountability and things and I had a really bizarre experience where a couple of people like from from where I live you know have kind of messaged and said oh I saw you in like the supermarket and I'm oh my god I'm gonna have to start properly like watching how I look when I go out and things and like one girl messaged me and I messaged her back she just asked me a query and she went oh my goodness I didn't think you would see my message I'm fangirling right now that you've replied to me and I'm like I'm not a celebrity no but you are now you are a celebrity and you've got to keep feeding the bee uh-huh uh-huh um but it has been 
Um, as I say, it's definitely been a learning curve for us. And we're having to, well, I am having to put a lot of like processes and boundaries. That's been a, a big thing because where I do feel that sense of accountability and, you know, wanting to give back to the customers that have helped me so much in terms of ordering, I also have to remember that I don't want to be back in that same burnout space as I was previously, just for another reason. So where I was close to burnout before, well, I think I did burnout from stress relating to, you know, like financial issues. I don't want to burn out in the the sense of like, you know, trying to to get everything done and also I'm a kind of mental viewpoint because there's been quite a few times where I've um and I'm actually going to counselling about this, but there's been quite a few times where I felt like I'm not doing enough. You know, there's that like hustle culture thing and I'm like I felt like a failure because I'm not getting everyone's orders processed in a day and this, that and the next thing. So it's 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 definitely been an eye opening experience. Um and as I say, we've just tried to keep everyone up to date. Like I started a series on my Instagram reels called Saving My Small Business, which initially I was doing a video every day, just saying that we've had this amount of orders, this is what we're doing, X, Y, and Z. I don't do it as frequently now because it was getting a bit like samey. Um, but it was just a way of like keeping people up to date about what I'm doing, how their support is 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 helped. So for example, like I've been able to buy new um like equipment to help make the products um i've now got talking about social media i've got a external firm or company who um are going to be like running all that for me um they schedule all my like newsletters and things which which is going to be a massive help so it's just trying to see my next goal is to think about what i can what else i can delegate like how i can outsource um because I want I want to take on people who are better than me, who know more than me, because I, as I say, I'm a jack of all trades at the, at the minute and literally master of none. So <laughs> it's just trying to to to, to figure that out. Um, but up until this point, I feel like I've not had a minute to actually sit down and work that out. It's just I, I I haven't been able to see literally beyond my nose. I've just wanted to you know get the products made, get the orders out as quickly as possible. Um, but Again, I just checked with mum before I come on here and we've actually, I'll be able to now take the the products off pre-order so we should go back to normal like stock and things because it was getting to the point where people were, um, well, a few people were, you know, wanting to know where their, their orders went and stuff. The majority of people have been incredible and it's been like, we know that you've been snowed under with what orders will wait for. The, it's not a life and death situation. <laughs> um, but I chose to put them on to pre-order so that there wasn't that sort of extra pressure um but we've now got down to i think we were a bit down to about 16 left to fulfill so that's that's a big achievement too so <laughs> i don't know how you can feel like a failure because you had the smarts to actually turn your ordering system to pre-order so you're still taking their money and um, but you're letting people know that there's such a backlog because you're so in demand um that's really smart like a lot of <laughs> a lot of business owners would just kind of crumple and think oh, I can't do this that's a really smart way of dealing with a massive barrage of orders and yeah I mean when you go viral you're not expecting to go viral um, the unintended consequences are, are intense and I'm just wondering whether you feel like you now have to keep trying to create hit videos and how on earth do you follow a video that is showing you at such an extreme when you never want to be at that extreme again yeah exactly 
Um, I wouldn't. I, I wouldn't say I necessarily want to create more viral videos because how do you go about doing that, especially when it was so unintentional in the in the first place? And I feel like a lot of the time, a lot of these viral videos are quite contrived, um, which is maybe what some people thought about mine. I don't know. Um, but I, I very much, I do want, oh, I do want to um, make the most of this. If I'm honest, like I, I don't want to. That's why I'm really keen to get back to like normal orders instead of pre-orders and things. And that's why I didn't want to just close the website temporarily until we would process the orders because I thought I don't want people coming to the website, seeing they can't order, and then just been like, eh, and then like forgetting about us. It's staying at the forefront of of people's minds. Um, we've also we've been so lucky with the amount of people who have with people sharing on um, social media and tagging a lot of like kind of big influencers. Um, I've been really fortunate to be put in touch with quite a few different people who I hope will um, kind of help me continue continue that momentum. Um, so for example um, Caroline Hirons who again was also on my, my vision board she's like the, the skincare guru of the, the UK and beyond um, she reached out and said how how can I help you and I was just like oh my god this is like <laughs> my life has been made <laughs> um, so there's, there's that opportunity there as well um, I haven't sent her products yet because I know for a fact that when she talks about the products, it will be another massive big boom. Um, and I, I want to be prepared this time because at least with the, the video before, I wasn't prepared because I wasn't expecting it to take off. I sort of have a an idea, like if and when Caroline talks about the products, there'll be... <laughs> it will be a be, massive surge in order. Yeah, yeah. And it's things like um, people keep saying to me, you know, you need to get on TikTok and do TikTok lives and things. And this is when I feel really old because I'm like, oh God, right, okay. <laughs> um, but I want to start doing doing that as well. But again, I was sort of waiting until we got through the, the, the bulk of the existing orders before I start doing that. Um, and it's just been amazing because it then opens up more scope. So at the minute, we're literally working out of my house. Um, because over COVID and, and lockdown, I moved out of the unit that I was in before, um, just because it wasn't worth the rent I was paying. Because as I say, when you're only getting a couple of orders in a day, it, it wasn't worth it. Yeah. Um, but now, if these orders continue, um, I'm I'm really keen to try and find like a, a commercial unit or something. Um, I would love to. Um, potentially find like um, investors or something like that just to help me take the business to the next level Um, because I'll be honest when I was in those sort of depths of negativity um, I I didn't know what I wanted to do with the business anymore I didn't it wasn't making me happy just because I was I was so stressed but this whole since then it sort of reignited my love for it again, um, and I'm I'm really excited to to see like where we can take it and what we can do. But I do definitely feel like I need some help now to do that because um, I sort of feel like I've reached the end of my um, in terms of like maybe my ideas and things. Sometimes it would just be good to have some sort of like external eyes and ideas and things. So um, 
Yeah, that would be the next step, ideally. Because <laughs> you don't know what you don't know. So you don't know what advice someone might give you about having better cash buffers or how you could manage and manage some of these amazing shout outs from celebrities and skincare gurus and stuff. So it's useful to have a sounding board and some and, and presumably some cash as well, just so that you know you can react quickly to take advantage of these opportunities. Um, I'd love you to tell me, though, Melanie, some of the pressures when you are um, a sort of up and coming skincare brand, because, for example, talking about influencers, that was one thing that struck me was that you're only really as good as the before and after pictures that someone has recently posted about like, oh, look, I had bad eczema and I lose these products and look how beautiful it is now. But the pressure to keep those sort of endorsements and before and afters and stuff coming must be just exhausting. So how do you navigate that influencer review um, kind of promo video landscape? Um, good question. And it is, it is quite a difficult one, especially because, now don't get me wrong, I have got hundreds upon hundreds of um, customer reviews um, seeing how much the products have helped them. But see when it comes to, which is incredible, and I love reading through them, but see when it comes to actually getting real results from people, because a lot of the time, and similarly, I don't know if I would think to do the same, but see when people are starting to use, use a new product, they maybe don't think about taking a photo of their skin and then in order to then do the comparison. Um, we've got one incredible one that I've pinned to the feed of our Instagram page. We are... Um, a girl was her skin was actually bleeding. I think it was psoriasis she had as well, and she'd been taking like progress pictures, which which have been amazing. Um, when it comes to the influencer areas, um, I I think I've maybe in the whole time White Rabbit's been going, I maybe paid for like one sort of post or, or relationship or something. But I, if I'm honest, I find it quite superficial, and you're not always guaranteed results from it. Um, and it's quite a, I was speaking to one of my friends who's got a, um, a makeup brand here in Scotland she was saying the same it's so frustrating that she um, one influencer had you know was looking to charge like thousands of pounds for like a post and some stories and when she'd asked this influencer for like her kind of statistics so what's your typical like when previous brands have worked with you, like how many orders have they got out of one of your posts and so on and so forth. And she couldn't provide that information. So when you're a small brand, it's a it's a pretty massive leap of faith to be expected to pay for something that you might not get anything back off of. Yeah. Um, so I tend to, I've been so fortunate again that I've developed some really good relations with some, um, you know, like influencers and brand ambassadors who very kindly do post about my products. Um, and it's more of a sort of exchange in terms of like after needing products or so their favourite products, like I'll, I'll send them the products to, to use and things. But I know that they'll, when they talk about the products, they're, they're genuine about it. And I think that comes across um, more. I personally, as a consumer myself, like I'm more likely to trust posts and people like that than the ones that are like, because now they're, they're legally obliged to write down if it's sponsored or whatever. So, because um, in my mind, I'm always thinking, yeah, they're going to say positive things about it because they've been paid to. <laughs> they can't say um, this is rubbish. I hated it. It smells like cat pee. They can't yeah. say that if it's, if it's literally their living. Yes, yes. But it's such a... And 
because it's such a huge and rapidly developing, I suppose it is a market and a self-influencer market, um, you have to be involved in in some extent. You can't, well, unless you're a really really good mine of like actual customer um, or user-generated content and things, but you do have to kind of be involved to a certain extent. Um, and I'm still learning about it, so I think I'll still be learning about it in in ten years' time. <laughs> but what other ways can a small business um, like you, but any anyone else who's got sort of a small brand, how what other ways can you be smart about your marketing and your PR to kind of bite back at the big established brands with huge marketing budgets? So one is like going the authentic route. As you say, making sure that you work with people that genuinely love your product. You're not having to pay them to say that they love your product. But what other things have you done in terms of marketing um, that have worked that you think small brands should leverage? Well, one thing is authenticity from yourself and the personal aspect. So I know we were laughing about Jack the Cat coming on this, this podcast, but honestly... Everyone that follows my Instagram, especially, seem to love my mum, my dad, and my cats more than they do me <laughs> and the products. So, so I would say, don't be afraid to show. It sounds really cheesy, right? But don't be afraid to show the real you. So, similarly, when I put that video out, that I, I wouldn't say hundreds, but quite a lot of other small business owners messaged me, including a couple who from the outset, when you look at their social media, you would never know there was anything wrong. But then they've then, you know, um, said opened up to me and said that they've been experiencing similar things, like various like cash flow issues, um, legal issues, X, Y, Z. And I think social media is such a showreel. And of course, everyone just wants to show the good. But since that point, since I have, um, since I uploaded that video, I almost made a promise to myself to always be honest um, in, in what's going on. And I, I kind of struggle in terms of where, where to draw the line. So when I when I mentioned the personal issues that I was going through, I was like, now, how open do I want to be to actually want to talk about these things? But then I was also very wary that I didn't want to come across as if it was I was giving excuses. Um. So it's quite a, I think it's something that I'm going to struggle with for quite a long time. But that is one thing I would say to other small businesses is just literally be yourself. Because if you think, so say for example, let's be honest, you could buy any skin. There's hundreds upon hundreds upon hundreds of skincare brands out there, if not thousands. You have the choice of them. And for all that you might think that you want to buy certain products for certain reasons, a big chunk of it, especially if you're following them on social media, is the people behind the brand. And it's, sometimes I think it's a bit cheesy, but it's the whole adage of people buy people is so true. Um, so if you've got, um, you, you know, someone's social media page and it's very, like, clinical and it's very, like... You, it's just photos of products. Like there's nothing you don't you don't know the why behind the products. You don't know. Um, so I'm, so for example, imagine I I never spoke about like why I started the range or like what why why it's called White Rabbit Skincare. Like everything, people would just be like, mm, okay, like well, like what's what's so unique about that? So um, 
it also makes things a lot easier. I love the fact that I can just be me. I'm like the biggest geek that is going and I'm so like lanky and <laughs> uncoordinated and I like I like talking to people about what books I'm reading and it's it like it it's it it makes it a lot easier, as I say, than trying to be this super professional, like always get my makeup on, always look like put together type person. Um so yeah, I would I would just say just be yourself. But to play devil's advocate, is there not a part of you that feels like the more you open up and you are vulnerable and you show all the parts of your life, the more you sort of open the door for people to sort of... You mentioned a few people quit, like said that you made up that video and that you weren't really crying. There, There is a horrible place on the internet as well where people can be quite vicious trolls exist and the sort of more vulnerable you are you sort of let some of those people in I suppose do you have to also while being vulnerable have quite a thick skin for when you do get the negative comments um how do you manage that at the moment I don't really (laughs) (laughs) no that's an honest answer (laughs) I think this has been this has been the ideal opportunity for me to do that so as I mentioned earlier, like I've started, um, I've started counselling for various various different issues. That's another thing as well. I mentioned on my my stories one day. I was like, oh, like my mum's packing orders at home. I'm just on the way to my counselling because it's. I feel like people, for some reason, it's a big taboo and people don't really talk about it. But then people, re- so many people, reply back to that story saying, "Thank you for." for sharing that, like, I'm going to counselling as well, or you've made me think that I think I'd like to start going and, and so on and so forth. And yes, you do get the people who, touch wood, I've been so fortunate that they have been in tiny, tiny minority. And, you know, the, you get the people, I had the ones on that video commenting and saying, um, or oh, just various horrible, horrible things. And my initial reaction was because I'm I'm an 80s I'm quite reactive as you might have as you might have gathered. Um, <laughs> my initial reaction is to want to say something back. But number one, a lot of the time now, people will react back for you, like they've got your back and they'll say something. Or now, what I'm trying to do is I just delete and block those people because I don't. I'm sorry, I don't care if they say that everyone's entitled to their opinion. Not when it's been horrifically horrible and making someone feel terrible about themselves like you don't have the right to say that to someone um and if i'm being honest similarly when it comes to people who have ordered if they send me i've had a couple of really really horrible emails that have had me in tears whereas before i would engage and you sort of you know kind of back and forth back and forth i now just cancel their order and refund them because i just think i don't want that kind of person as a customer and also, that doesn't deserve the right to take up space in my head. Like, I've got too much. I'd rather focus on all the good and all the, the amazing people and all the amazing customers. Um, so you do have to draw boundaries. I, sh- I really struggle with boundaries in, in work and personal life. But it's one thing that, as I say, I think this has happened for a reason for me to, to work on that. So, um Yes, it's like in every aspect of life, you're going to have good and bad. It's never going to be all shiny, happy. Um, But that's how you develop as a person. And you mentioned sharing everything about why you started the business and that you've shared why it's called White Rabbit Skincare. Now, I actually don't know this story. Are you a massive Jefferson Airplane fan? Where does the story come from? (laughs) 
<laughs> no, so um, it's a mixture of different things. So um, Alice in Wonderlands is one of my favourite films when I was growing up. And actually we've got a new products launching next week it's a set of four tinted um, bams and they're actually all named after now because of copyrighting things i couldn't name them exactly from like alice in wonderland but it's kind of a theme a theme we've got going on um but also like the rabbit aspect you know i'm, I'm vegan i love animals um you know pure innocent and um i love the idea that in the first of the month when you say white rabbit three times it means good luck so it's like a it's like a combination of different things, and it's just something a wee bit different. Because um, initially, I thought of going down the route of you know the kind of I suppose what could be considered bog standard skincare names. You know, I can't think of any examples right now. But just like vegan, lovely vegan skincare. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I just thought I wanted something a wee bit different. So um, yeah, that's what I, that's what I went for. <laughs> And just finally, Melina, I could keep you on the phone for a million years. It's such a fascinating story. But um, just some advice to other uh, business owners who reach breaking point. Because obviously the route that you took, the social media route, ended up providing such an amazing surge of support. But it's quite tricky. You can't kind of, you can't guarantee that that would be the response. Um, but you also mentioned going to counselling, for example, which is another route to kind of managing your emotions and trying to get support when things are really hard. So what what would you say to any other founders, entrepreneurs, business owners who are at that point, they are in crisis and they don't know who to turn to? Like what steps should they take? What What would you tell them to do? I guess the biggest one and the one that came out of that video the most for me is to ask for help whether it's in a personal or a business or both capacity um because for the longest time I was very stubborn and I was too proud to ask for help and that video in itself was was a cry for help whether or not I realized it at the time um so and I know that there'll be a lot of people in similar situations who'll be the same who who They'll, they'll be afraid of being seen as a failure if they ask for help. But if you think about it, there's no way you can't do everything yourself forever. There's no way of like moving forward without getting some sort of help, whether it whether it is counselling, whether it is um financial help or um business mentoring or anything like that. I would just that that would be the biggest one. Like don't don't be alone. I, I would say because it, it, it can be such an isolating experience um, especially if you're like a solopreneur um, to um, to try and do this yourself so that would that would be my those other kind of wee things like, um, but I, that would be my biggest one I would say that's just just ask for help and see yeah really powerful advice and until you ask you just you don't know you don't know what might happen and what the universe will deliver yeah <laughs> Thank you so much, Melanie. What an amazing journey. I can't wait to see what happens next with your business. Oh, thank you so much. Me neither. <laughs> thank you so much, Melanie, for sharing the power of vulnerability and letting us walk a little way with you and Jack the Cat on your business journey. <laughs> if you loved Melanie as much as I do, go buy her stuff, whiterabbitskincare.co.uk and please leave us a comment. It means so much to our guests to hear how their stories resonate with you. I'm the host of the show, Bex Ben Calendar. See you next time.